Welcome to another edition of Are You Shitting Me? A podcast that dives into random topics that may surprise and educate you and hopefully make you laugh along the way. At least that is our goal, especially for each other. I am one of your hosts, Aaron. With me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brett. What's up, shitters? <laughs> what up? <laughs> How you doing, man? I am doing really well. It's good to have you back down here. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. What's new? Um, not much. Uh, you know, just busy with life. And uh, what about you? Yeah, not too bad. You know, hanging in there. Things are good. Uh, just got back from the vet. Took my both my dog and my cat to the vet uh, today, which was together. Uh, yeah, it was a. It was quite the. Uh, quite the experience um, and, and do they get seen in the same room at the same time they did yes yeah. really my wife went with me and so we, we we kind of figured that we'd have to split up and she's like the cat <laughs> is yours yeah <laughs> speaking of my wife uh, she's actually gonna be joining us here today my wife karen hello well hello how are hey, you doing karen. hey i'm okay yeah. despite the whole cat issue at the vet i'm, I'm good <laughs> yeah she was real bitch today wasn't she she was a total bitch but ah. she's your bitch she is. That's true. I'm not even a cat person, and she like totally just like adores you're her, me. I you're her it. human. You know, it's funny because you always say that as the cat is like making biscuits on your chest. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm not a cat person. Like, yeah, I think you are. I don't While mind. While she's snuggling up to the right? beard and she's right? purring and she's happy, and anyone else touches her and she hisses and bites them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, um, anyway, welcome. Thank you for joining you. us today, Karen. We appreciate you being here. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think we have a fun uh, fun discussion here that we want to jump into. But before we do, let's uh, open up our episode beer. Brett, uh, you brought something tasty up this time, didn't you? I did. Today we have got the Hazy Jane Peach from Brewdog Brewery out of Ohio. Interesting. What, what what kind of is oh, it? A, it's, a, it's a hazy IPA okay. uh, with uh, peach, and uh, it is a five percenter, as far as I can tell. Light so, beer. Yeah, yeah, pretty light for for our usual. This smells pretty good. You do get the peach in the in the nose. Yeah, yeah. Definitely I, get that. I get it on the aftertaste too. Front or rear? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you tasting? <laughs> what are you drinking? Yeah. Of? Back of the mouthfeel? Front of the mouthfeel. Uh, yeah. Yes. I forgot to mention, uh, for those listeners who are listening at home, Karen is the uh, the local chapter leader of Girls Pint Out. Yep. Do uh, you want to tell us about that? Sure. Girls Pint Out is uh, currently an international organization. Um just group of women who like to get together and drink beer and learn about beer and talk about beer and and you um, brew too right i do brew i do brew i've brewed on several rather large systems so yeah it's that's fun kind of a neat thing and beer. they're they're all over the country right mm-hmm. yeah we're actually all over the world now but we started in indianapolis about 10 years ago and expanded from there so yes i'm the local chapter head so if you're looking for girlspineout.org you can find your local chapter there's one in almost every city it feels like that's really cool that yeah. is cool that's very cool. Yeah, I know you've had a lot of fun doing that over the I years have. and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So I think more recently, too, there's been a lot – I've seen more mm-hmm. female brewers, you know, out there in the industry. So Yeah, yeah you know, and, and we really uh, tribute that to the the Pink Boots Society, which is a society of women brewers and in, women in the beer industry. So the Pink Boots Society is, is really good at that and education about women in the industry. So yeah, and there are cool. lots of fabulous female brewers 
Founders has a fabulous female brewer, so. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Well, they're not a sponsor, but they should they be. They should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Karen also brews beer at home. We, we have a, a whole homebrew set up, and, mm-hmm. and well, actually, we all do. Actually, we all Brett brew. Brews home, brew. So, yeah. yeah, Brett yeah. brews beer. We do too. So we, we. It's been a few years though. We haven't. Yeah, brewed. I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. I just I just did a uh, a cider uh, mm. recently. Never done a cider before. I haven't. Yeah. It's not ready. So. What's the best beer you you you've brewed, or what's your favorite beer you Ooh. brew? You like to brew? Oh, uh, one of my first ones was a a, a stout. It was a, a barrel aged mm. stout, and mm-hmm. it was phenomenal. Um, mm. You know, and full disclosure, and I know you guys probably have stories too, but I've got some really shitty beer too. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> I like to think oh, yeah. that you know, anything I brew is good because I made it, but man, that's not true. No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I think we've all brewed, a, brewed yeah. a couple bad beers in our in our yeah. time. Yeah. Now, you guys did a chili beer or something. Oh didn't shit! You? Yeah. yeah, we did a mango habanero. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite, actually. <laughs> because of the experience, <laughs> or right? the story <laughs> behind it. Both. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, Aaron, what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, so I got a, a brewing kit. Uh, you got me a brewing kit, actually, I did. Uh, for my 40th, I believe. Yes. And uh, um, I brewed a couple, and it was fun, and and. I don't think you were too into it at that point. Uh, but then we went to a, uh, a festival, a beer fest uh, at one point, and you had a habanero beer. And you mm-hmm. said, I want to brew one of these. So we decided we're going to do a mango habanero uh, beer, which was you know, easier said than done uh, at this point. It actually worked out really well for me. Um, so uh, to start off with, I, I cut out, I'm cutting up the habaneros and whatever else, and I basically pepper sprayed myself. Um, as I'm cutting it, I wasn't paying attention to much mm-hmm. and it sprayed up in my, uh, uh, in my, in my face there a little bit. And I was breathing it in and started coughing, got over the coughing fit, went, rubbed my eye. So now peppers <laughs> in my eye, I'm having to pour milk in my face just to get the damn stuff out. It was I remember awful. a picture of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or a video or something. Yeah. And then so hey, on top if of If you that, could find that picture for us and post that so we can get, a, it, get yes. a look at it. Yeah. Milk tears. I, I will yes. post that. You can, po- you can see it on my website, uh, on the website And here, then when A-Y- you went to pee, right? You you didn't wash your hands first. Right. So oh, it you stung. Got, it burned. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> I will post a picture of it. Check it out at AYSM.show. That's our website. Um, so, but here's what's, what's funny is, you know, we were still bottle uh, brewing at this point. And... You know, in order to carbonate the beer, you have to let it ferment. You, you let it sit in, and once it's all fermented and everything else, you bottle it. You add some sugar to it, and we did that, but we didn't take into account any of the sugars that are in the mango or like that because we're just brand new. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't either. But every single damn bottle we opened, we lost half of it because it just overflowed. Yep. Yeah, you yep. know. Yeah. Yeah. But overcarbonated. Here's the cool part, Karen. Obviously, being interested in the brewing, she's like, "Well, how do you fix this?" And I'm like, "Well, I think." You know, if we had a kegging system, this would be better. And now I have a kegging system. So, yep. you know, if you're out there brewing, you know, guys, get, get your you. wife into it. She, I'm telling you, it does pay off. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Cer- I it certainly makes the expenses uh, easier to. Yeah, to justify, to justify. or, or yeah. validate. Hey, honey, you know, we can do this. So, yeah. 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 Nice. So we've got an interesting topic here today. Uh, what we decided to do uh, was um, all of us, we, we kind of gave the assignment to all of us to come in with some unusual phrases mm-hmm. and and terminolo- terms that are kind of everyday use or we've all heard at least at one point and kind of discover their origins 
a little bit, right? I mean, that's kind of how it started. How, well, you kind of came up with the topic to begin with. What? Oh, don't how, blame how me. How did you stumble across it? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't. I don't know how I stumbled across it. I, I you know, I, I, well, I do. Uh, it, it totally started with the phrase about being a guinea pig, mm. and I'm like that is such an odd thing. I mean, it I, is. I've, I've heard like. You know, canary in a coal mine, yeah. And that I that I get. I I know where that comes from. But mm-hmm. being a guinea pig, I'm like, uh, I mean, they're who? such weird animals anyway, right? They really kind of are. Of so did you look it up? Oh, we'll find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I did look it up, Aaron. Uh, so are you familiar with the, the the term then? And you know what it means? I I have heard it. Uh, I think probably. I don't know where I heard it from, but yeah, I have heard it. Uh, yeah, so if someone's being used as a guinea pig, then uh, something's being tested on them mm-hmm. is, is basically where, where, or what that means. Um, it is thought that the guinea pig was brought to Europe uh, in the late 1500s, early 1600s by the Spanish and to North America in the early 1800s as part of an exotic pet trade. Hmm. And then in the 18th century, guinea pigs began to be used by medical researchers mm-hmm. in laboratories. Uh, you know, now we got monkeys. Back then, they had guinea pigs. Right. And uh, they would do, uh, apparently, <laughs> it's one of my favorite words. Apparently, uh, they have some biological similarities to humans. I didn't know this. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Nurse Karen, are you uh, are you familiar with this? Have you heard that? No, I, I actually have not. You know, I remember back in nursing school, we used uh, feline cadavers. Oh, sure. But we didn't... I'm sorry. Cats are similar to... Feline. I mean, if you think about it, you've got all the same organs. You know, when you're dissecting, you've got intestines and lungs and all those things. So we dissected... Probably easier Feline. to come by Feline, yeah. Feline cadavers. As opposed to humans. Yeah. Yeah. Cheaper. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. Easier to store. Yeah. It takes up less space. <laughs> Just store more. Huh. Interesting. So yeah. So they uh they would experiment um experiment on them. And hmm. so that's where uh, being the guinea pig came so, from. Literally, what what the uh, what the phrase is is exactly what the origin of is. is, is. <laughs> yeah, except that it, it's not quite clear. I mean, it is now because everybody is so uh, enlightened. But uh, yeah, you know it, uh, it. Yes, you know it's what it implies is that you were the sucker. Interesting. <laughs> huh. I uh, I guess I wonder though, like you know, guinea pigs as being exotic animals. Yeah. You know, originally, where did that come from? I mean. Maybe it just is exotic because they weren't in Europe at that point. Do you know where they came mm-hmm. from? Antarctica, I believe. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, All that what's, fur. What's, <laughs> All those wood chips oh, down there. Oh, oh, the guinea pig fur trade right. was something fierce. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where guinea pigs come from. I'm going to say New Guinea. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry. Were you waiting for a mic drop on that one? Uh, yeah. Good guess. I don't sure. know what to tell you. We're that gonna works. we're gonna call it New Guinea. So okay. I think that's where that's it official okay. now. Actually, if you know if you do know where they, where they came from and and a uh, little bit of story, uh, just keep it to yourself. And who cares? 
<laughs> yep. No, let us know in the comments. We'd like to. We we would be interested in hearing that. So, I would be. I got one here for you. No. Bury the hatchet. Ooh. Okay, we've all heard the phrase, right? Let's yeah. bury the hatchet. We've had a you know we had a fight. We're we're mad about something. Whatever else. And wasn't that a singer? Hatchet. I think it's Molly Hatchet. Yeah, Molly, Molly Hatchet. hatchet. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's the same phrase. No, I'll say different different meaning. No. Yeah, different meaning for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so bury the hatchet. We've all heard it, right? Yeah. 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 Any ideas and, and thoughts on where that came from? Are you burying it in someone? I mean, is it? Ooh, I like that. Oh wow, that's that dark. you're burying that. That is well, dark. You know. No, uh, Garth I like Brooks. that better than the actual yeah. <laughs> actual real meaning of yeah, it. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna switch bury it this to, hatchet in the back of your bury head. Bury the hatchet in your what? back. <laughs> we're done. I'm burying this hatchet yeah. in you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Done. It is done. done. Now we're over. <laughs> we're done. Um, uh, Garth Brooks had a song, didn't he? About Burying the hatchet. I think that's the origins too. Actually, yeah, I think <laughs> it is. I think he made it up one day. Yeah. No, burying the hatchet is. Uh, I I don't know exactly where it came from, but it. Um, yeah, to, to uh, end the feud or or whatever yeah. is probably some Native American thing. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Back in, uh, back in early, uh, early American settlers and whatever else, um, when uh, they were trying to make peace with the uh, Native Americans. Uh, one of the customs that the Native Americans would do is they they take their hatchets and their knives and their tomahawks and all that stuff and they would literally bury it as a show of peace that hey we're not hmm. we we're not gonna uh, pull out our no. weapons to to do this. Actually, you know what? I I think I had heard about it. Uh, it there was a when that whenever there were um, like two tribes or or whoever were were having meetings that they would bury the weapons hmm. so that they couldn't have a fight and right. you know. I don't know if that's true, but sounds plausible. Yeah, I like it. Although I do like burying the hatchet in someone's back. That's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, this feud is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're done. Yeah. Solve that one. Nice. <laughs> nice. Did you find any, Karen? I did. I did. What about Mad as a Hatter? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. one. Mad I have heard that one. The Mad Hatter from. Uh, the Allison Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah, Thank I gotta you. think it's gotta be something like that. Like uh, part of a little with that. bit, a little bit. Most people think it is, but it's actually not. The, no, the no. true meaning is you're you're going a little crazy, and it all comes around from uh, 17th century France. Uh, poisoning occurred among hat makers uh-huh. because they used Wait, mercury. I'm sorry, what hat makers? Hat makers. Okay. Oh. Um, because they used mercury to felt the hat, felt, and so that I got felt. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> and so it was called the Mad Hatter disease. And it was marked by shyness and irritability and tremors and would make the person appear mad. Interesting. So it was really just mercury poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And and what are the side effects of mercury poisoning? Do we know? Shyness? <laughs> irritability? <laughs> tremors? <laughs> As I mean, stated previously. As stated previously. I mean, hey, pay attention. I mean, we all grew up in the 70s. I'm sure we all played with Mercury. <laughs> I, have you ever, honestly? Yeah. No. I have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What? Yeah, I remember uh, we one of our Mercury thermometers broke, broke one time, and I remember sitting there with my dad, and like, like, like look, at it's really interesting as it's rubbing in our hand. Like, yeah. Totally normal. Now that obviously, you know, we didn't drink it or anything like that, but it was, yeah, we had You something. didn't just go ahead and go and lick it just a little bit? It was the most Log fascinating. I had to say it was one of the most fascinating materials I've ever touched because it it literally is liquid metal. It's just mm-hmm. such an interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it because of the melting point? I, we need some science help here. Is it is it because of the melting point that it just is always liquid, or is it really? I mean, does it not 
solidify? solidify. I imagine it probably has to be because I, why, why else would they use this in thermometers? Obviously, if it gets hot, it expands. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's cold. It, it, contracts. Yeah, it becomes and, more dense. Maybe yeah. it does. Solidifies the colder it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of thermometers, did you ever, uh, when you were a kid, get the uh, rectal thermometer? Not, not that I remember. No, no maybe oh. as an infant. Uh, no, I'm you never. <laughs> really? I mean, as we, a kid? we probably did. Right? Again, I mean, as a, as a 70s, kid. I 80s. mean, I was probably like eight or nine when finally stopped oh. using. No, no. <laughs> did you? I kid, I kid. I'm just kidding. I, it's not, not true. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was told it was completely normal. Mm. <laughs> no. Mix them up on occasion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, nowadays you don't even internally stick thermometers. They're all right. Don't even touch it. Right. Yeah. Temporal. Yeah. Commercial. They're wiping, swiping it on people's foreheads. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if. So going back to the phrase, "I'm mad as a hatter," though, like I imagine, you know, if if that was, if it was such a common enough. thing to actually have a phrase named after that you're mad as a hatter then would people obviously didn't know mercury was doing it right but how they must have assumed something was making him crazy or 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 what it's just it's it, I, it seems like mm-hmm. an odd like if knowing that's going to be the case maybe mm-hmm. you you wouldn't pursue that as a uh, profession i can only imagine that it was a um after a length of time they figured out that's what mm-hmm. it was um you know so i i'm sure it wasn't any like oh yeah let's go down to you know the Mad Hatter's hattery? I don't know what they call them, but, you know, I, it, it probably wasn't while it was going on. It was, I assume it was after the fact. Haberdashery? Maybe, yeah. haberdashery? Isn't that what it is? A haberdashery? Isn't that a, a hat store? I think maybe, yeah. <laughs> I like it. One of those random words from my rectal ram encyclopedia. <laughs> rectal Pulled it right out of my ass. <laughs> like a rectal <laughs> thermometer. Boom, full circle. <laughs> there we go. Um so uh, let's go ahead and bite the bullet on this next one. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, you familiar with biting the bullet? Uh, I I know the phrase like I'm going to bite the bullet means something like I'm going to go ahead and just do it or just buck up and uh, do it. Yeah, buck up and just do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to you know do something that's uh, tough or or new or or unpleasant or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. bite the bullet and and do it. So yeah. Uh, any idea on the origin of this one? Hmm. I have a thought, but it's kind of dark. It goes, goes along with what Karen. Now, now that Karen uh, had the whole bury the hatch, the hatch in the back of your uh, your back thing, like is this like biting it, the curb? Is it putting a gun in your mouth and shooting? It is not. No, that is dark. That, but it, it, you can see how it can come out I, that way. Bite the bullet. I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to pull the trigger. Well, well, I think you got that from a Godfather movie because I, I I think that was a phrase used. Maybe so. He, he bit the bullet. Maybe I did. Yeah. Yeah. Forget a favor. Forget a favor. Some mafia movie. Save us the fishes. Yeah. So so uh, basically, it sounds like uh, back in the day when doctors were short on anesthesia or time uh, during a battle, um, hmm. uh, they would put a bullet in hmm. the mouth of the patient and have them bite down on it to distract them from the pain. I, I assume from doing some. Uh, Makes sense. Awful surgery. Yeah. Referred pain. Makes sense. Uh, You know, I I can only imagine that bullets were readily accessible Mm -hmm. and probably cheap. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess. It just seems like a such a hard thing to put in your mouth. I mean, to try to fight the pain that's in the crack your teeth versus versus like a a piece of wood or a stick that is malleable. Well, but if you think about it, if you're putting a stick in your mouth and someone is actually cutting you open and there's no anesthesia, you're going to bite down and you're going to end up with 
Gum splinters? Yeah, gum splinters. Oh, nothing worse. So, mm-hmm. biting on a bullet, you have what they called referred pain. You may have some tar in there and some sap. Yeah. What? Squirrel. What are you shooting? <laughs> Random squirrel. Um, so, so I, I wonder, I mean, is it possible? <laughs> is it possible to bite down hard enough on a bullet that it would shoot? Like, you know, projectile come out of it? No, I, I think don't think so. I think that's got to be a pretty, maybe, maybe back in the day. Who knows? Maybe. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm sure Chuck Norris could do it. What can't he do? But I don't know. I just I have think this, any normal person maybe not. I just have this image of someone shoving like a musket ball in their mouth and just hurling it out of the spit <laughs> like balls, a spitball. That, that's the image you get, huh? <laughs> that's the image yeah. I get. All right. All right. No, that's cool. Bite the bullet. Interesting. Yeah. So during, I wonder if that was like a wartime thing. Though. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. You missed that part where I said it was during battle. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. So it wasn't, was not a picnic thing. Uh, definitely a wartime <laughs> thing. Uh, I'm thinking civil war, um, uh, maybe the revolutionary war mm. here in the United States. Mm. Probably makes sense. I mean, that would be very easily accessible and right there, good size to put right in your mouth though. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure, although I think of, like you said, like musket ball yeah. for civil war more than anything, yeah. but um, actual yeah, you know, but they eh, probably worldwide. I bet you it's a. Uh, I, I, I bet it was used more than we know. Yeah, that's all. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got one here for you. All right, let's hear it. Caught red-handed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any ideas? We know what it means, right? If you if you heard the, the yeah, phrase? you get caught in the middle of doing a crime. Yeah, like caught with your hand in the cookie jar or in your pants or in your pants. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> that works <laughs> too. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> no? Just, uh, yeah. Just me? Sure. <laughs> Maybe when you were getting uh, your rectal I, I thermometer. Have... <laughs> <laughs> well, trying to get it out. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have no idea the origin on this. All right. Well, so the meaning, as you said, is uh, caught in the act of doing something wrong. Mm. The origin originates from the old English law that ordered any person to be punished for butchering an animal that wasn't his own. But the trick is, the only way the person could be convicted is if he was caught with the animal's blood on his hands. Mm. So what if you so, wore gloves? Or what if it was someone else's blood? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, cow? No, this is George's blood. <laughs> I, or you cut yourself. Like, how are they going to know? Like, this is this is this animal's blood. Unless, I guess, you're standing right over it, beating it. I don't know. <laughs> Beating it or eating it? I, mean, Be- I said beating it because you killed his animal, oh. right? Why are you beating it over <laughs> over this dead cow? Eating it, cutting it, whatever it is. However you however you murder animals. I'm not a I'm not an animal murderist, so I don't know these things. Murderist? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, so caught red-handed is that you had to you had when you were caught with the literal blood of the animal you're so, butchering. So you could go around murdering. Butchering uh, everybody's animal, but as long as you didn't have blood on your hands at the time, you couldn't you be. Got, yeah, you couldn't be convicted. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that is stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Well, they didn't have videotape and stuff like that, so I guess it was one word versus <laughs> the other. But I guess. No, yeah. I got another one for you if you like. I, yeah, hit me. This one's an interesting one. This one's kind of a, a an good odd last one. I actually have not heard this phrase before. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Have you guys heard that? Yeah, I have. You have? Yeah. Isn't it, uh, don't be uh, careless when you're dumping out the water because your kid's in there? I guess. I mean, it seems like, first of all, 
I have not heard that. And it seems like something that maybe our grandparents may have said, but I, I feel like it's one of those phrases that died with a couple uh, of generations. Uh, generations ago. Like, I don't think anyone uses it anymore. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I, Karen, you're looking like maybe that that's not the case. So is this a common medical term? No, it's no. not. Okay. But I mean, Whew. I think it's, you know, I think um, when you look at, um, Oh, uh, filigree, and you look at the the origin of words, and and yeah, just it. it don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I've heard it multiple times, but you're right. I think I I remember first hearing it from my my grandmother. So I think it is an older. What does it mean? Thing. What do you know? What, do you know what it means? Yeah. Um. Well, my first thought is that you don't. You just watch what you're doing because you might. If you're dumping something and not paying attention, you're gonna throw your kid out with the trash, kind yeah. of with the water out the kid, window. Trash kids, <laughs> trash kids, <laughs> garbage fill. Yes. Brett, oh. Any idea, See, Brett, from you? Uh, right. <laughs> any idea from you what it might mean? I, no, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just you know be be careful and don't uh, don't throw the kid out when you're getting rid of the bathwater. I I don't know. Tell me. So the meaning is don't get rid of valuable things along with the unnecessary ones. Okay. Well, I think so. Okay. Like, don't throw away your diamond ring if you're throwing away the garbage at the same time. Uh, uh, kind of thing. So, right? so I'll, I'll try. Yeah. So I think I think we were kind of right there. You know. Yeah. Like, along the ways. Yeah. yeah. Don't throw away the baby. All right. So, but the origin of this <laughs> Good one is thing very, I've got this saying to remind me. Don't throw the baby out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost did. Although you know, I gotta say though, people forget their kids in, in cars and shit all the time. Yeah. You know. So I, it, maybe it's not necessarily a, as is uh yeah, unheard of as one well, of my stories. I, I, I have to say I've never left my forgotten my kid in the car. I'm sorry after he's twenty eight now and I yeah, well, right. I still I like don't forget weeks, him in the car. Three I, weeks ago I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he still can't figure out how to open that door. Right. All right. So the origin of this one here is in the early fifteen hundreds, people only bathe once a year. I'm gonna stop right there. I call bullshit on that. Once a year? I I don't believe that. I mean, may, maybe in big cities where, like, maybe rivers or, or springs or bathhouses weren't as accessible, maybe? I don't know. I mean, even the Romans had bathhouses, right? And that so, was like, but if you think 15, that was like the 1200s, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you think 1500s and you think back, like, think about England in the 1500s. And you think about... Bubonic plague and... I, yeah. I'm not saying that some not people... A lot, yeah. Some people probably bathed once a month, but I... Oh, we're calling, talking once a year. Once, sorry, once a year. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. I mean, I know a few people probably who today probably don't bathe, but once a year. Probably. But oh, well, they yeah. also only had like two articles of two outfits. That's true. One for and Sunday they didn't have and one X, for so yeah. that's there true. You go. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> which by the way, PSA, not a uh, alternative to bathing. You, <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's not as popular as it once was, but. There were so many people I knew that that's all they did was spray the X spray on and mm-hmm. and they never showered. Like you still smell like shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? And even more so. Yeah, that. you don't wipe your ass. Right. Right? You smell like X shit. Ass X. Well said. It's a, it's a tongue twister, isn't it? It is. All right. So in the early 1500s, people only bathed apparently once a year. Bullshit. Not only that, but they also bathed in the same water without changing it. Makes sense. Because it was in a tub, probably. Really? Yeah, it you, was pushed in a tub. Okay. Uh, well, hang so, on. So, so let's say you're a family of four, and you're fire. bathing once a year. 
So you're saying you only fill the bathtub up once, and one day, and water? all four of you take that's, the bath? Yes, yeah. yes, that's exactly what it is. So and then yeah. and then you don't bathe again? I hate to be the for last another one. Year, right? Sorry. Call first. <laughs> the adult males would bathe first. Oh, see? Then the females, leaving the children and babies to go last. So by the time the babies got in, the water was clouded with filth. And <laughs> poor mothers had to take extra care that their babies were not thrown out with the bathwater. Actually, that just says it reads poor mothers, but it just it's not because you're poor. It's just oh, the poor moms Aww. had to take extra care not to throw their babies out with the bathwater, which I would think yeah should go without saying. But, yeah, you know. I mean, unless your baby's under the water, which well, I mean, maybe a, the water's that dirty. Uh, yeah, but under once a year, the maybe. water. Yeah. I mean, good grief! What? what How was long the, are they under the water? Although, let, let's say I mean, that's just we're also <laughs> kind of thinking about this in modern terms, where most most people today have maybe two to six children and i'm imagining most of these uh, most of these families back in the 1800s and 1500s and shit were like 16 to 12 you know uh, you know 30 kids, kids or whatever else right, right. And so like it might be easy to, to miss one so maybe <laughs> yeah. it could be a, well, a thing by well. the time the 20th one gets in there yeah that water is black right yeah but i don't know was water that hard to come by in some places that you couldn't Clean just do water? A, yeah you couldn't Probably. just dump it out well probably clean water yeah, i mean I'm if calling, you think about it there weren't filtration systems you were yeah. I'm, I'm still calling bs on the once a year thing i'm gonna say right now here uh that i think this is probably a good thing that this phrase has gone by the wayside right it shows that we're uh, bathing more often maybe yeah which is yeah. good so anyway all right karen what you got no oh, i got one let one's hair down hmm so I, I have heard this phrase, obviously. I think it just means to relax and mm-hmm. let your hair down and yeah. chill. And, and you don't have to, I don't know, take your hat off and, and just kind of mm-hmm. kick your back and, and take it easy. It's, right? a, it's a chef thing, isn't it? They uh, they all have to put their hair up in their in their big hats and no, no, oh. I'm not right. Sort no. of, oh. just not chef. Oh, okay. Um, it actually comes back from aristocratic women in medieval times. Who they were, were chefs. obliged. Yeah, they were chefs. <laughs> they were obliged to appear in elegant hairdos that were usually all pulled up. So the only time they would quote unquote let their hair down was when they came home and relaxed. Interesting. I get that makes sense. That totally makes sense. That does make sense. Huh. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't know if I have anything else to expand on that. Yeah. <laughs> <Me either. It's, laughs> yeah. We're going to relax. Well said, Karen. Yeah. Thank you. You know why? I thought it could be of service. You know why you got nothing else to say about it? Because the cat's got your tongue. Oh, oh dang. I've heard this one, yes. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're familiar with it, of course, right? Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. I mean yes. your cat, <laughs> she's a bitch. Yes, yeah, she um, is. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about my cat. But. Yeah. My cat will hiss at you. So, yeah, what's the meaning? Uh, it means what can't talk or don't know what to say or exactly mm-hmm. what I'm yeah. kind of of stumbling over your words, yeah. loss of words. Loss yeah. of words. There you go. So, it is rumored that it is from ancient Egypt mm. where liars and blasphemers had their tongues cut out and fed to cats. Oh, shit. Ooh. Right? So, it's literally cat had your tongue. Yes, <laughs> right? Wow. You, no wonder you couldn't talk yeah. at a loss of words. I think Kitty Perry would enjoy that quite a bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, who? <laughs> my kid, my cat, Kitty oh, Perry. Kitty I think she would enjoy it quite a bit. She would like a tongue? Um, um, hey, she's in charge. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I think she would flip it around a little bit and play yeah. with it, but I don't think she'd do much more with it. But interesting. 
just hide it for later. They just cut it out and give it to the cats. Well, I, cat, cats were also like considered sacred back then mm-hmm. too, right? That's godlike. Yeah, I wasn't there, but yes, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's what I heard. I wonder if there was a significance to that. That you probably know, because we're giving it to the we're giving your tongue to the gods. We're turning it over to the gods, maybe. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Interesting. Or were they, were they the gods, or were they like the 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 gatekeepers to protectors protectors of the afterlife or something like that i I thought i heard read that somewhere i think that was anubis that was the dog head um i don't know about the cat necessarily but we'd have to look that up sphinx was the cat no yeah sphinx Sphinx is a cat yeah yeah we should be doing that as a as an episode we could talk about cats and especially uh black cats yeah you know that would be a great podcast that would be a good one. What podcast. a great idea. You want to go next? <laughs> sure. I'm sure we've all heard this one, that blood is thicker than water. Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, I, don't... I mean, I have heard this phrase. It does make sense. I'm mm-hmm. surprised that it's actually, it actually has an origin because it just seems like a, a logical thing. Blood is thicker than water, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, you're going you're gonna to stick with family. and, 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 and... It's got to be a family thing. A little bit, a little bit. Apparently, in ancient Middle Eastern culture, blood rituals between men symbolized bonds that were far greater than those of family. Oh, like blood brothers and stuff. Exactly, like exactly. Oh, you know, interesting. Because, yeah, and they say because warriors, who, warriors, as you hear my New York accent, who symbolically share the blood they shed in battle together were said to have stronger bonds than biological brothers so so it's not family it's like specifically it's complete opposite opposite. of how it's being used today right wow so the meaning is family comes before everything else but the origin is the exact opposite very interesting interesting how we flip that i can see that like you know narrative i i can't relate to you know uh blood uh kind of friendships uh i think that probably certainly about the time we slid our hands and we shook on it (laughs) what the fuck you don't remember that remember that (laughs) i think obviously guy people in wartime probably have that kind of Mm -hmm. experience i would you've you've shed blood together Mm -hmm. you know shed or or see yeah i don't know wow i did not i didn't see that one coming i did not all right i got one here for you giving a cold shoulder. Give give someone the cold shoulder. Have you heard this? Hmm. Like to turn your back on them, or yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of snub them. Like mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about like you. your gonna... cat. <laughs> Only with you, though. Bro. Yeah. Only with you. So <laughs> is it? <laughs> I thought this one honestly meant like literally turning around and just like you're just mm-hmm. talking to my shoulder because I'm not even giving you the time of day to to stare to to face you and and mm-hmm. listen to what you're t- saying. That's kind of what I pictured when I heard this. Sure. Uh, phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Totally not. Hmm. What? So uh, obviously the meaning is being unwelcoming uh, or antisocial towards someone. So that's that's kind of along the same lines of what we're talking about there. But in medieval England, it was customary to give a guest a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of the mutton or pork or beef chop or whatever they're eating. Uh, and when the host felt it was time for that person to leave, uh, <laughs> it was a polite way to communicate, you may leave now. <laughs> So instead hey. of saying, get the fuck out, I'm going to give you the cold food of the shitty meat. Uh, while everyone else is having nice hot steak. You need to leave You're going to have a, a chunk have of shoulder. Shitty shoulder. Meat, yeah. Shitty shoulder. Shitty shoulder. Shitty shoulder. Shit. Do you hand it to them with blood on your hands so that you're caught oh, red-handed? Oh, did you butcher it? 
Did you bury oh. the hatchet in the cow? Oh. We're going to have to figure out a way to oh, use all need, the phrases oh, into one One big long piece. sentence. Yeah. Uh, oh, that would be awesome. Magical. Yeah. Magical. So anyway, yeah, giving the cold shoulder literally meant giving them a, a, a cold piece of meat that was mm-hmm. a shoulder cut of mm-hmm. something saying, time to leave. Wow. Now it's just you just yeah. start looking at your phone and just ignore them. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, speaking of butchering, if you kick the bucket... Thoughts uh, on kicking the bucket? Well, you just gave it away. It's about butchers and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the meaning is really okay. You so hear about they, things about kicking would, the bucket. They uh, butchers butchers would cut meat, and they would have a bucket near the table to throw the scraps in that they weren't using for something, and they would kick it under the table because no one. I don't know. I got nothing. Kick the bucket though. The, so, but the meaning is like you you to you die, died, right? Right, yeah. right, exactly. And it was a butcher thing. Well, apparently, when a cow was killed in a slaughterhouse, a bucket was placed under it while it was positioned on a pulley. Oh. Sometimes the animal's legs would kick during the adjustment of the rope, and it would literally kick the bucket before being killed. Oh, oh wait. Okay, I'm sorry. The bucket was used for what? Catching blood? It, well. Is that or things coming out of this? No, it says it was placed under while positioned on a pulley, which sounds like they're, if they're positioning on a pulley, then they probably were tying a rope or something around the. Interesting. Probably to catch the entrails. Well, that's or whatever what I'm else, like, yeah. When yeah, they, to when catch they something. Cut yeah. something. Yeah, the bucket's there to catch all the slop. Hey, right. I'm not that far off. No, yeah. but but not not it, but not that far. Well, let's uh, let's go the whole nine yards here and. Uh, mm. No, that one didn't work as well. Going the whole nine yards. Everyone knows this one. We do. I, I have heard this one. It means like go the distance or go all the way or, or complete the task. You know. Yeah. Try your best at something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's no way you know the origin of this one. I don't know. Let's see here. I, I'm thinking it's, it sounds like a sports term to me. I'm not a sports person, so maybe it's like. <laughs> Something to do with like the last ten yards of football or something like that. Well, clearly it would be the last nine yards. But... Right, right. I mean, you're, you're within the you're within ten year, yards, so you're nine yards away. Yeah, you know that is really really close. Hmm. Really? No, not no. at all. Not at all. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. I was like, wow. <laughs> Way to go, honey. I figured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go sports, right? <laughs> no, it's uh, during World War II. Fighter pilots were equipped with nine yards of ammunition. And when oh. they ran out, it meant that they had tried their best at fighting off the target with the entirety of their ammunition. So they used all nine yards. They unload their clip. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They were going the whole nine yards. Interesting. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it had to be a specific plane. I don't know I don't know what plane it, it would have been. But it for sure was a plane or was it like one of those guns that they would carry with the ammunition I, cases well, next I, to it? I, 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 my my research shows that it was fighter pilots. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, I, I uh I but I but I'm thinking the same thing too. Like you got these guys with machine guns and they're, you know, got these long yards of I don't I don't know how long those you know, nine. Exactly. Well, well for the, for the planes <laughs> for sure. But no, but like if you're out in, you know, if a uh, combat uh you know, out, out in the trenches and whatnot, I mean, I don't know how many yards they they have know. for a machine hmm. gun. Nine yards doesn't seem like a lot. 
I mean, I, I thought the same thing actually. Yeah. Like especially 27 for a, feet? A, a plane. I'm sorry. How many feet? 27 feet. Was it three feet in the yard? And... Right. Yeah. Three something. But even still, it's like, I, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking, basing that off of like modern planes. Like I see the, like the Warthog videos where they just like, and it's like, you just shot like a thousand rounds. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like this thing just like, in a matter of a second did that I, quit. I think the, uh, the AC-130 plane can do, and I don't know what caliber, uh, you know, ammunition it is, but yeah, they can put one bullet Every like two inches for the entire length of a football field, mm-hmm. guarantee that's more than nine yards of, of ammo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess maybe back. Uh, what, what this is what, World War World War Two. World War Two. So oh. that probably makes a little more sense at that point. You yeah. Know? Well, I think. I mean, weren't they still doing biplanes? <laughs> you know, I don't know about World War Two. I'm thinking World War Two because World War Two had I, like the. Uh, uh, actually, I think. Uh, if there's, some... if there's some historian out there who wants to chime in and show how right I am, uh, <laughs> I, I believe that uh, World War II still had biplanes in the beginning. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I know the jet uh, finally was was revealed during World War II as well, though. And, and so was Benny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. Fucking Benny and the Jets, man. <laughs> All right, with that, I'm going to move on here. Yeah, sorry. Show your true colors. Mm. Okay. I'll see your true colors. All right. Do we? We've all heard the phrase. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Show us. Uh, show us what you got. Yeah. Reveal. Uh, reveal your true nature is what the what the meaning yeah. of it is basically. Hmm. Um, this is also a wartime uh, phrase. Oh, this can't be good. So you know, um, any ideas? What? Oh, maybe it's something to do with like uh, battle flags or. Mm. Uh, or the uh, American flag, or, or a flag, not necessarily mm-hmm. American, but... Battle flags, you were right. Oh, uh, yeah! So, but it was oh. mostly with oh. ships, uh, with maritime. Uh, they'd go out and they'd, they'd throw up different uh, flags for different countries to confuse their enemies of what, who, what, who, whose ship is this. Oh. Uh, but, you know, based on, you know, wartime uh, rules and, and, and law that mm-hmm. you're supposed to follow, you, you're supposed to raise your true colors uh, at some point, and raising your true colors is revealing this is the country of my origin. So, huh. so if you're a pirate, <laughs> are you going to follow that rule? Right. Like, like it seems. Let, or, let's take a second, a sidestep, a second, and talk about bullshit military rules. Anyway, like like the whole Civil War stuff, where they would go in a whole line and shoot each other, and then yeah. one the next side <laughs> your shoots. turn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's so stupid, right? Like, why and why would you reveal uh, your true colors if you're trying to shoot at all these ships? Get as close as you can, then th- right. then throw up your true colors. And ha! Like, ha ha! Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> Pirates, right? Right. Exactly. I, I would totally think that uh, you know, I'd be like, "Oh, you're blue. We're gonna put up a blue flag too." Right. You know. Yeah. Let's uh, cozy on up. Let's trade some yeah. stuff. Let's trade some spices. And then, I got some rum. I got some spice right here. Then I've bury got the hatchet in your yeah. back. <laughs> ah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's uh, showing your true colors there. Um, so, uh, you know, I found another uh, interesting one. Mm. And, and, I, and I don't have any funny uh, intro for it. You know, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you guys have probably heard it. Uh, pardon my French. Hmm. Have you, yeah. yeah, right. And, you know, the meaning. Excuse what I'm about to say. I actually think right? I used I mean, part of my French today. Right. Right. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because you're going to say something offensive. Yep. Right. You know? 
You know, like um, they they use that in uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm-hmm. right? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it uh, literally was something would say that to somebody who didn't know French. And mm-hmm. so they would just, it was that easy. They would be like, pardon my French. And then they would say something in French. And they were actually literally apologizing to people who did not know French. So it's not that uh, that amazing of a hmm. huh. of a saying. But, yeah. I mean, how often do you get to say, pardon, pardon my French, man. you're an asshole. Pardon my French, baloney. Rooney. <laughs> Champagne. <laughs> That's French your, words. That's Maybe I'm using it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> French words. Pardon my French. Baguette. <laughs> French fries. Kiss. French kiss. I heard in France they don't French kiss. They American kiss. I heard that too, actually. I, I know, for real. It's, <laughs> I, uh, any of our <laughs> listeners out there in France or who speak French, maybe you're in Quebec? Do they, they pronounce it? Uh, yeah, some you know, someplace else you speak French. Uh, let me know. Do you call it French kissing, or is it uh, American kissing, or some other nation? Is it Canadian kissing is it? It could be Canadian. Well, I don't know. They don't kiss in Canada, right? Because it's too cold. Their lips would freeze. That's the maple kiss. They ha- they take a swig of maple, then they kiss each other first. Oh. Okay. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all our Canadian listeners. <laughs> Wow. Nice. What you got, C? Saved by the Bell. I love that show. <laughs> Zach. Slater. Right? I never watched it much. Screech. Really? Really? You know, I also <laughs> didn't have cable growing up, and so like we didn't we didn't really watch a lot of TV. I didn't really That's do true. much of that. We had the test pattern. <laughs> the test pattern is squelch. That's all we had. And the national anthem. Yeah, yeah right? I, That's when you knew yeah, it was time to go to bed. Right. The national anthem right. came on. You know what's funny is uh, I was talking to uh, uh, someone at work the other day who was a millennial, and that came up. We were talking about, oh, not until the national anthem comes on TV, and she's like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, I didn't even think about it, but that – Something that totally is gone now. Like no yeah. one, you don't see that anymore. Yeah. The 11 o'clock or, or maybe it was one o'clock or two in the morning or something, whenever it came on. And that's what well, it was. I, I think that ended when they started doing infomercials mm-hmm. because the, mm-hmm. the networking yeah. would end and they would do infomercials. So then they didn't go off the air anymore. Right. Yeah. And and then that was late night. And mm-hmm. and then now you've, you know. 24-7. Yeah, 24-hour news. Whatever and, you want on yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so please enlighten us. Saved, Saved by, the, by bell. the bell. We all know it's being rescued from an unwanted situation. But actually, the history of it was a lot more scarier. Mm. Scarier? Is that a word? Yeah, scarier. A lot more scarier? More scary. Much more scarier. Mm. <laughs> more sinister. There, there was, as scary as it sounds, being buried alive was once a common occurrence. People who feared succumbing to such fate were buried in special coffins that connected a bell above the ground. And at night, the guards in the cemetery would listen for bells in case they had to dig up a living person and save them by the bell. Interesting. It's It's a fear. Well, it's a fear being buried alive. Yeah, that would suck. Early. Um, (laughs) Well, I think, I mean, they they also used to have coffins with. uh, glass windows like mm-hmm. over the face and I, I don't remember why that was mm. a thing but um, scary memories of that you have scary memories <laughs> of that yeah I have a scary memory of, of glass coffins yes 
Of being in one? No, of seeing them as a child. They're oh. very strange. Well, oh, I totally. So I got to hear this. <laughs> yeah. This is a so, story I have not heard. <laughs> so um, I I was born in Texas, and um, when my mother remarried, we moved to New York City when I was about six. Um, New York City? Yeah, Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we lived in this, this very Sicilian neighborhood, and they had this thing called the Eve of the Black Maria. And it was the... Um, it was the it was the March of the Black Maria, and it was the night that they actually brought Jesus in the coffin to the tomb to be buried. Well, in this neighborhood, because they had one Catholic church on one end of the neighborhood and one on the other, they had this horse-drawn carriage with a glass coffin with a statue of Jesus in it. Wow! And they would Jesus take it. I know, right? They would take it down the street with you know torches, and they would be playing the Death March really loud. When you're like six years old, and, wow. you know, you get woken up by the death march being played in the middle of the street in the middle of the night. It was really kind of scary. So I have these like real freaky dreams about that. Yeah. Wow. Just so Ooh. they could take that statue from one church to the other on the under, other end of the neighborhood. Huh. Eve of the Black Maria. Huh. Women, there were women all in black wailing in the streets as, as they were taking this coffin with this statue. Wow. Horse drawn too. It was very... Strange. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. All right. Well, so there you have it. There are some uh, interesting phrases and uh, their origins. If you have some phrases that you want to share with us, uh, please uh, mention them in the comments. What's your favorite phrase and origin uh, story behind it there? Yeah. Be sure to check us out at AYSM.show. Check out all our social media outlets and fun things let's uh let's give another shout out to brew dog uh brewing uh out of uh where is it where are they out of ohio again? ohio winchester i think it was hazy jane peach you know what my i have none left mine's gone completely i mm-hmm. I, I drank it it was a very good beer for this uh for this episode I mine is also empty yeah karen yours too mine too I'm, I'm not a big fan of ipas but this was really tasty so you got three votes yeah. for uh yeah. for brew dogs uh hazy jane peach uh highly recommend it check it out uh, Karen, thank you for joining us. Thank it you was for a pleasure. Me. I'm really excited uh, to have you on Good here. Good times. So we'll have to have you back for sure. Thanks for letting me hang out. Yeah. Thanks for staying <laughs> up late with us. Hey, everybody, tune in next time when we're going to discuss.